Hey, if you're an actor at the start of your career, or if you're an actor who hasn't started at all, no judgment. But I do want you to know that it has never been a better time to get started with Backstage. Just go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code word envelope at checkout for a 30-day free trial. That's 30 whole days you can browse through thousands of casting notices from thousands of filmmakers, producers, casting directors, all looking for talent just like you. Make a profile, upload a headshot, find out what kind of projects you want to be a part of. Backstage is where you book that very first role. It's also where you book that second role, and then that third role, and then you keep booking roles all the way up until you win that Oscar. And then you can come join me here on In the Envelope. We love a full circle moment here at Backstage. But first, you gotta subscribe. And again, that's 30 days free if you use the code word envelope at checkout. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E, envelope, 30 days free. Get those roles. And I'll see you back here when I interview you when you win an Oscar. And not wait. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. just like taking care of my house and like seeing my friends which is that stuff where it's like it feels so trite and but it's also like the most crucial thing like I feel like anybody who's if you're so consumed with making things making things making things there's no reserve in the well there's no real life in you welcome to another episode of in the envelope the actors podcast I'm your host Backstage senior editor Vinny Mancuso. And joining us today is quite possibly 2023's busiest actor, the wonderful Ayo Adebari. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what I mean by busy, uh, head over to Ayo's truly, truly packed IMDb page uh, where she has roles of all sizes in, uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right, five feature films and eight TV series in 2023. Uh, and that is not even counting the fact that she will, sometime in the hypothetical not-so-distant future, will be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Thunderbolts, pending the ongoing WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. But the role that most likely led you here and to Io is, of course, the bear. Io's true, true breakout was as sous-chef-turned-restaurant-owner Sydney in Hulu's kitchen set dramedy. Not only did it return for its second season back in June, but as of just a couple weeks ago, it also earned Io her very first Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. It was a joy to have Io here uh, to talk about her entire journey, uh, not just this this last year, but all of the, the hustle in writer's rooms and stand-up stages and everywhere uh, that got her to where she is today. 
And now a note before we begin. This interview was conducted prior to the SAG-AFTRA strike, uh, which is of now is still ongoing. If you need any more information about that, uh, whether it's updates or resources or what have you, uh, go to Backstage.com or straight to the source, SAG-AFTRA. Now, with that out of the way, here is Ayo Adebri. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Good, how are you? Good. Uh, thank you so much for being here. It's really, really nice to meet oh, you. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to start off by saying uh, that you are a fantastic Letterboxd follow. Um, ha, ha, ha. I'm a, a huge fan of both your reviews, your dad's reviews as well. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of my father, I can't take any credit for myself, but I'll definitely accept a thank you for my father. He's very good. Yeah, I, I I think I just read one of his reviews for um I think it was everywhere everything everywhere all at once. Oh, he yeah. said he, um, yeah, that really was sweet. really insightful stuff. That one was sweet. The Avatar one was my favorite one so far. I think that's the one where he said he ate a whole bag of popcorn by himself. Yes, that which makes me laugh so much. <laughs> I don't I can't tell if he meant to be funny or not. Uh, which also really gives me a lot of pleasure. I think that's pretty much any dad talking about any movie where it's, yeah. it's just so earnest and it's just like. These are the thoughts I had while watching this movie. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I did want to, I, I mean, I, I find this really interesting to go to anybody's letterbox page and see their, uh, their top four movies. Cause ooh, it just, ooh. I think that, you know, that kind of says a lot about a person. Oh, you know. sure. Um, so I did want to, I wanted to see what the through line is for yours. Yours, I think at this moment is, you know, good, the bad, the ugly, Naughty yes. Hill, Phantom Thread and Babe. Um, yes. Fantastic selections, by the way. Thank you very much. Yes. There's, there's some, Close tie between Phantom Thread and The Master, and then also definitely on the short list is Adaptation and definitely Tampopo. Yeah, those are all close calls, but these those are my final those are my final four, and maybe four Paprika is, also. Paprika four is, is tough. Also. Four is tough. Four is tough. Four is tough. But yeah, you know, just try to give a nice spread, give give some classics, high, a little bit of. Highbrow, lowbrow. Sometimes the lowbrow is highbrow. I love that. Um, yeah, I think those are movies that I really just enjoy. And I also like that both Notting Hill and Phantom Thread have like um, one person behind us, like the other person is in front. So yeah. I like the two posters next to each other. Really That's the thing. It's like last. you kind of try. It's like these are my favorite movies, but also I want the top of my page to look aesthetically pleasing. Yes, yes. And just like a little bit have people be like, what? This is through line. <laughs> And exactly. Yeah. Um, I this is this is encouraging also. I'm I'm close to I'm close to maybe I don't know, going going mute. On uh everything. Uh, no, on on yeah, kind of, just a little bit. Cause I saw this Willem Defoe interview where he was like, the reason why I keep working is because nobody knows my taste. <laughs> but I feel like it's hard for comedians and mm-hmm. like that's what I consider like my career bedrock is like comedy. I still do stand up, but just maybe not as um, career-minded necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like I f- I enjoy doing stand-up as um having it as an outlet of expression, not necessarily something where I'm like I want to do this thing by this year or mm-hmm. like I like yeah. So anyway, but even all that aside, like I think because comedy is like my bedrock, it's expressing my opinions is something that I'm so used to and used to in my career. 
But it's interesting that I feel like, and even as a writer also, like saying your opinions or whatever, I think can be beneficial. But as an actor, I'm like, ah, oh, mystery behooves me a little bit. So be interesting yeah. to see what happens, Ari, social media. It has it has been interesting to watch, you know, the changing nature of, I guess, stardom or, you know, even being uh. a working actor. I, I, I know that's that's, you know, nobody wants to hear that. So I guess like the nature of being a working actor in the social media age where it's like, uh. well, it's it's tough to be a Willem Dafoe type who just can do anything because it's like people feel like they know you. Yes. Um, even if they don't, of course. Right. Um. So it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I, I, I feel like you know people of of our, our generation. We just sort of were molded by it. We just were like, oh, we, you know, we, we. No, we you had... just post. Exactly. We, we, yeah, we know how to post. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's just interesting now, considering being like, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's not something I yeah. want to do, or maybe it is. Like, maybe that's not something I want to do, or. Maybe it is, and I just make it extremely clear that this is a business account <laughs> for business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though, like, art and being charismatic to a certain degree is a part of my business, that it still is, yeah, business. But I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, the, I, 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 open I, up. <laughs> I just want to tell you a really good letterbox follow. But if you, if, Thank you. Did you decide to go, if you decide to go silent, I understand completely. I know. Sometimes I'm like, I do need a burner account though, because I see things. And I'm like, I just want to make a joke, but then like oh, once I, I sort of made a joke about what is it? Oh, a Robert Eggers movie because I saw The Northman, mm -hmm. which I loved. But my review is just like, I think it's so great that he makes white people talk crazy in the past. <laughs> Somebody was like, Look, you're you're never getting cast in a Robert Eggers movie, yeah. and I was like, Okay. I like to think Robert Eggers would love that. By the way, <laughs> me too. I'm like, that's what he does, or has done yeah. so far. And it's like, it's a, it's banger after banger. So yeah. I'm not mad at it. I just was like, I thought it was funny. Um, and then it made somebody mad. Maybe it was Robert Eggers on his burner account. <laughs> Robert Eggers like, no, it's me. It's me, Robert Eggers. <laughs> I love that. Um, so we don't have to talk about Letterboxd anymore. We should talk about The Bear, um, <laughs> yeah. which season two, in case anybody's wondering when we are recording this, season two drops uh, today. Today, it is yeah. Today. Yes. Um, how do you, you know, as somebody who's in something, age like opening day, I guess you would call it, is that something you prefer to just have your day, go about your day, do this photo shoot and stuff? Or is it hard for the 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 fact that it's out into the world to like creep into your life? And no, it's nice that it's out because I feel like I often get this rolling anxiety that happens before something's out, like in between finishing it and waiting for it to come out where there's really nothing. It's sort of, you're accepting that there's nothing you can do. And then the day comes out, you're like, ah, oh, really, truly, there's nothing I can yeah. do anymore. <laughs> Everything that was my part is, um, is done. Um, and yeah, I just having sort of an anxiety about, oh, how do people receive it? I think also because it's everything releases in one day, um, some people are going to binge it and others are going to take their time. And also people in, outside of the U.S. are going to uh, get it in July. So that's just like another series of um, receiving people ingesting it. But also I've been trying to get better at not looking at stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
which I guess circles back to the, uh, yeah. I think we all just, we need to get offline for a bit. Like, <laughs> No, no, I know. I'm literally like, we have to train the sharks in the ocean to cut the <laughs> tubes. You know, the tubes I'm talking about, the cables, you know, the one I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, the, the, but, the uh, yeah. Exactly. They gotta come. They gotta eat them. Um, <laughs> oh my God, if the orcas organized... I was going to say, they've already started. Like, it's already that kind of, like, That would actually be so sick. Like, a little bit scary. Incredibly um, helpful in one way. Um, in one way. Probably a few genocides might happen. Um, <laughs> and nobody would know for a while. Um, yeah, no, but, um, yeah, I think just waiting for people to ingest it. But, yeah, I've been trying to be better at not really consuming that stuff. But I think, overall, I'm just, like, I feel... Excited that it's in the world, excited that we had a first season that people received so well and so well that they were anticipating a second season. And I think most of the battle was just getting over that while we were filming, if that makes sense. And knowing that, accepting that and being like, great, okay, that's not why we're doing it, though. Like, we just want to make a good Mm -hmm. show and be honest to each other and the characters as we know them and feel them and then yeah to like ourselves as a community and just continuing to hold ourselves up to a high maybe yeah slightly higher but still i think a really high standard um at least as high as what we did the the first season mm-hmm. are you the type of person at all who wants to watch their own work the first season I didn't really watch. I saw like a few things and I kind of like scrubbed through and we got the links, but I had a bit of a hard time just because like, I don't know. I just, it's like, I felt like it, there's something about it where I'm like, am I being like narcissistic? <laughs> um, I, I'm not like afraid of seeing my own work or whatever. Like, you know, I, I watch and listen to clips of myself doing stand up all the time. Like you, I think as a comedian, you kind of have to get over that because so much of that process is you get direct audience feedback even though, and and like the learning that balance of like interpreting what that means, taking that in, but plus putting enough aside to be able to like listen to your own voice and continue the process of your own work as you see fit. Yeah, it's like very crucial to stand up. So I don't really have a problem like watching my own work uh, or understanding my own work, but sometimes I think with TV, I would, or it's something that I'm in, uh, I just am like, oh, I'm being like a little bit of a narcissist, but I, I, really do like the show Uh (laughs) and i think there are so many good performances that i want to watch it like truly as a spectator um and then also i've been shadowing chris for the second season um just because i've been learning more about directing and he's been very encouraging as i've been doing that uh but yeah i've been watching some uh, some cuts just to to like learn and uh I was in an, a movie where the director uh and, and I, but the director was like I don't want to give you a cut because it's not locked yet and I don't want mm. you to like be watching yourself and I was like no I I, can, I do that yeah literally it's fine give me the cut like I'm not just gonna like only be watching my performance like I'm I'm capable of stepping outside of myself and viewing this as like a project i'm lucky to be in it i know i'm in it but like i'm not gonna be too like wrapped up mm-hmm. in my own in my own stuff and i want to you know i want to make things that i'm in so i feel like that's like a skill that i'm okay with holding mm-hmm. but yeah 
I, I was going to ask if, you know, are you a, um, a process focused type of person? I mean, you, you mentioned you get the direct, as a comedian, you get the direct feedback mm. and you don't mind watching stuff that you're in. Are you someone who thinks about, you know, developing a process? You know, I talked to a lot of actors and they're like, there are some people who are like, I do A, B, C, this is what I do. Yeah. And there are other people who are like, they say action and I do what I do. Are you someone who who thinks about that a lot? I think it's like a mix of both. I think when you're in it, for me, I try not to do too much thinking, but the that is as a result of all the thinking, the hard work, the training, the focus, whatever that's like come before. Like in school, I, I took some acting classes, some like Feldenkrais classes, which um, I really loved a lot um, because it, a lot of that like, method of acting is focused on the body um and like the body's response and me as a comedian very physical person i feel like you see i'm using my hands a lot like i've got very long limbs i'm always stretching them like i i i just feel like i'm a very sort of kinetically aware person um but there's this one sort of methodology basically about uh gosh i want to like get it right but about process and this idea basically that there's like three types of performing. I'm going to butcher, butcher, butcher this. I know that there's please, like proper please. terms for this, but I haven't like thought about this since school. So <laughs> forgive me. But um, that there's basically three types of performing. And one is like, like learned, like where it's like you're thinking about process. You're thinking about all the things that you've learned. You're thinking about everything. It's It's very to the book. It's like correct. Then there's another... That's where it's like just free flowing and it's like almost improvisation. And it's sometimes that feeling where you're like, whoa, I finished writing this thing. I don't know how I wrote it. I don't know what I did to get here, but there's some good things in it. It's messy, but it's good. And then there's like the zone, which is like <laughs> the perfect mix of both of those things where you have enough of that awareness that you know that what you're doing is like based in skill, based in routine, like you have that solid steady foundation, but you still have enough like free flowing energy to be able to have a lightness and just to be able to like create. Um, and I've really, 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 really butchered that. <laughs> but for me, basically like that's the, that's like the goal. And those are like the best days where you're just like, wow, we were all, we were all just sort of in the zone and we all like knew what we were doing, but also like gave each other enough freedom and space to just kind of flow. And yeah, I think like before a job, I'm doing a lot of thinking, a lot of processing. And then like after a job, I'm, 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 I'm doing a lot of like, oh, okay, these are the things that happen. But while mm -hmm. I'm in it, I just try my hardest to be present and like trust the fact that like I was hired for a reason, trust the fact that like I do have a general sense of what I'm doing, even if it isn't perfect. I'm sure I definitely do have like things that are routines or whatever, but like, I don't think that they're interesting enough to, <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, please. Oh, please. Um, that's the kind of stuff we love. I mean, this is this, this sure. is all for, you know, aspiring actors, people who are. Yeah, no, I, I know. It's like, I say that stuff and I feel so self-conscious. It's like weird, but I also like, I'm like, oh yeah, all of us are babies. All of us are learning. Even yeah. the people who are the greatest, um, I don't know when this is going to come out, but they're uh, August. 
Uh, okay, that's enough time to, I guess, be like a spoiler. But uh, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and Robert Townsend are both mm-hmm. in this season. And watching them work was truly one of like the greatest gifts of this year mm-hmm. um, because of obviously their skill and their dedication. But the thing that moved me the most was that both of them had questions and were nervous sometimes and just really were trying and that just was so encouraging to me like even these people who I view and such a at such a high level and I really look up to are still they're still they're still seeking you know it's Mm -hmm. not finished for them they're not resting on any laurels like they're still pushing and and still want to learn and grow and yeah, still were like nervous on their first day. Like that was just so comforting in a, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is that is another funny thing about talking to so many actors and trying to get answers from them about their process because I think in general, anybody who thinks they know the answers, you know, anybody who thinks that they're oh. like, oh, here's how acting's done, uh. is usually a lesser actor. You know, they're, they're, it's the people who are, like you said, they're still, they'll, they'll still pick something up on the day and be like, wow, I've never done that before. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's sort of the curiosity of it. Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah, just trying to like stay open, stay, stay curious, and give yourself enough like space to do that too. Like, yeah, I mean, I write as well. I think that is definitely foundational for me, like as a performer. And like, I was taking classes, I was you know performing, but like a lot of. I think the practice I got, especially in school, was like doing readings and friends' plays. Um, when I would have like workshops and writers groups with friends, reading things out loud with each other, reading my own things. Like I think I like to read a script and if I know like the character that like, oh, I'll read for whatever, that's maybe, you know, an option for me. I'll keep that in mind, but I really do try hard to like get a sense of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. as well and I feel like often it's like this thing of balancing like okay I know sort of what this character's purpose is or their function is in this whole project but while keeping that in mind being aware of the fact that in this person's life like they are the main character like mm-hmm. so still giving them that full sense of like dignity and respect but also it's like okay you know I'm not gonna chew up the scenery <laughs> too much or like I know that this is not Sydney's moment necessarily. Maybe this is, you know, Tina's moment or Carmi's or Carmi's moment, like in the in the function of like the episode. Just like sort of keeping all those things juggling at mm-hmm. the same time as well. But not too much, maybe. I don't know how true that is. You mentioned that, you know, you were doing a lot of work before, you know, you even graduated college of of reading for other people's plays. And and then when you were a writer, you were doing table reads. And I think I've seen mm-hmm. you mention that, you know. Doing this sort of informal acting kind of made you think, oh, I I kind of want to do this. And I'm curious if you have any specific memories of like, you know, uh, just doing something with your friends in college or doing something in a table read where you were like, you know, I actually think I'm able to do this. You know, it, it crossed the, the the threshold into I'm not just doing this as a as a courtesy. I'm doing this. I, I think I could actually do this. I mean, I think it was always something that I enjoyed and and wanted to do, but I think I just didn't really think it was like feasible for me. Uh, 
So I don't know if I was like doing it, being like, "What? A, how nice am I to be reading for your thing?" I was always like, "Oh wow, how nice that you are considering You're me to read. me. Yeah. Ooh, read for this thing." I have a friend, C. A. Johnson, who's a writer, um, who's like an incredible playwright, and has written for some TV shows. Um, and she had this play that was just like a lot of our childhood, and I remember reading for that and just being like so moved and just being like, and just having this feeling of like, oh, I really. I really love theater. <laughs> That's definitely one that sticks out. Um, I what else sticks out? Definitely my first or my second staffing job, I think, for the show Sunnyside. That was when I would do parts in the table reads, and that would be like the main cast. It would have people from the network there. So that I remember felt like a big moment. Um, and surely by that time, I'd also like, I think Rachel and I were single had already come out and I'd done like sketches and maybe had a stand up video up online and stuff like that by that point. But I felt like for my acting career, that felt like a big stepping stone because it, I just remember like doing those table reads and, you know, like Hal Penn or like Joe Kim Booster, who also is a friend, but, you know, would be like, oh, hey, good job doing that mm-hmm. part or you know, like my, my boss, the showrunner, Matt Murray, would be like, oh, so-and-so from the network thought you were really funny. And you are just getting laughs. And that was like nice encouragement where I was just like, oh, okay. Even if I do mostly end up just becoming, a, like not just, but if my career sticks on the writing path, I at least know that I do that performing still, there's still something there. And yeah, and that like bodes well for me as, as like a, a funny person. I, I'm curious if you, and and it, it seems like you know I've, I've I sort of you know did a deep dive into your career and saw saw the solid progression of it. And Apologies. So it seems like um, no, it's, I I I also <laughs> feel like it's like literally my job. <laughs> no, I, I also feel like I also have to you know it feels like I have to convince you that you're interesting because I do. You're a very interesting <laughs> person and you're very interesting. You're a very dynamic street, sc- screen presence. Um, but I am curious whether you felt the shift into a different type of uh medium you know did 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 you ever did it all feel like it happened gradually or did you did you feel the shift of you know i'm really gonna maybe take a bit to focus on this you know i think so much of it now that i'm mostly acting definitely um because i feel a bit like oh i'm i sort of miss yeah writing a little bit i want to make sure that i don't let that die because that's just very important to me and yeah but um yeah and i love doing it i were being like so bummed i couldn't do another season of shadows because like mm-hmm. I, I it just like was not feasible in the same way that it was when i was just doing like maybe bit parts or uh things where i'm not as big of a character and i'm only shooting like two three days a week so then it's plenty of time to uh, come into the room and write an episode or whatever but yeah um, so definitely now I feel that shift, but I feel like even with like when Big Mouth happened, like I was still writing in the room for like a season and I felt like I could juggle those things a bit more easily, uh, for lack of a better word. <laughs> but COVID did such a weird thing with the way time feels Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. where I feel like the past like two, three years it does feel like something just shifted, but also like just in the lens of like, well, I was outside my house and then I was inside my house and now yeah, I'm outside my yeah. house. Like 
I feel like maybe some things might have happened where it might have felt like a little more gradual, like there could have been events where I was going to where I was seeing people or, you know, going to screenings or interviews or whatever. But it all just was sort of happening inside my house. So now, yeah, yeah, there is there's less of a transition. Yeah, a lot happened during a time that like doesn't exist, you know, like, yeah, that's Mm, yeah, I I feel that as well. That simultaneously doesn't exist, but also like everything. But so much every single possible human (laughs) event happened. Yeah. So. Oh, it's a bit. Oh, it's a bit strange that way. Mm. I do want to talk about some specific moments uh, from the bear season two because I think that's sort of like you know a way into discussing that hard to describe process is just you know describing ooh, ooh. what happened on the day. And you mentioned uh, Robert Townsend is in season two, and there's this really lovely scene in episode two, in the I diner, the yeah. diner, and it's just a very you know it's anytime you get that sort of back and forth. It's, yeah. I'm curious, you know, just what can you tell? That's a that's a real two hander scene, and it's 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 back and forth. He's marvelous. He's so 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 marvelous in it. Yeah, well, he came that day, and I remember. I think that was that might have been the first thing we filmed together. Interesting. Definitely fact check that. <laughs> Definitely fact yeah, check that. Yeah, I'll put that. a little edit here if it's not true. Ooh. If it's not true, then it's not true. If it is. <laughs> Then it is. But I remember he came and I was so excited to see him uh, because he is somebody that I really, really look up to. And I have a little vintage like leaflet, like mm-hmm. the movie leaflets that they used to pass out of Hollywood Shuffle, like Amazing. on my desk. And I look at it every time that I write because I think he's just such a North Star for so many black creatives um, and multi-hyphenates, especially but yeah, I remember Chris was like, there's a lot of really incredible options to play your dad. Like, there's so much incredible <laughs> black talent to play your dad. And then he said Robert's name. And I was like, it, it's him. <laughs> that would just be the dream. And I, you know, it'd be like, we kind of look like each other. Don't you think we, you know. Um, then anyway, it ended up being Robert and he came. And I remember I was just so excited. But yeah, I, I was really, really, really excited. And uh, that day he was so lovely. And he was like, do you mind if we just run the scene with each other? And so we went for a walk around the block of the 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 restaurant. Uh, and it was like at night. And it was just the two of us like walking around Chicago, like running this scene and doing it, you know, a few times. Not really with, you know, with too much inflection, kind of marking it almost, but just to make sure we got the words and we got the feeling and we got the intention. And I remember us having this conversation where both of us had this feeling like, oh, we know what this conversation is like from both ends. Um, just being the child of a parent uh, and having your your parent just be like, what is going on? Like, you are an adult, but like, are you good? And I think the, the frustrations that that can bring up and sort of feel on that really hard to describe angst kind of of just like wanting to be your own person but still wanting the approval of your of, of your parent and also for Sydney like her one parent like her dad has been the only parent that she's known for most of her life so I think they with Chris and I also like in prep we talked a lot about that relationship because I'm I I'm lucky enough to have grown up with both of my parents um, 
yeah, I have friends who did it. And that's sort of like almost like codependent thing that can happen. And so we just talked a lot about that. And then, yeah, Robert and I, I don't really think we didn't really talk too much. We didn't do too much exploring beyond the page. Like I think for him also as somebody who is a writer, he was like, if it's on the page, that's where it comes from. Um, and I really like resonate with that. And I remember sometimes having feelings like as a writer, as an actor to meaning as a writer for something and then I'm watching it being performed mm -hmm. and as somebody's acting things, seeing other actors be like, oh, it's my motivation. Or like, what's, well, what's the backstory? And it's like, everything is here. Everything that's relevant is <laughs> I gave like it to here. you already, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it is nice. Sometimes you do need to do a little bit of that, like work diving in. But then that's like for you. Like it's not for the other <laughs> actor. Uh, so yeah, we just sort of workshopped that scene with each other and then did it a few times, but not too much because I think Chris doesn't really like to belabor rehearsing. You obviously do it to just make sure you get the marks and you have the beats of the scene and so that everybody on camera, uh, like on the camera side and the crew side knows what's going on. But especially that scene, I think it's so tender that he really didn't want to do it too many times. Um, and then, yeah, once the lighting was all set up and the camera was set up, we just kind of went for it and um, we did it a few different ways. And yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is a very, very lovely scene. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I've, I've, I've read and you just mentioned that you something you do is you sort of modulate different deliveries between takes and you, you mentioned you're doing it a few different ways. Is that something you prefer to do? Is that something you found you like to do? Is that something you've been told to do? Like it's sort of finding the right delivery between like, oh, should I do it, you know, quietly? Should I do it loud? Should I do it sarcastically? Yeah. I think it's something that I like to do and something that I feel like the actors that I've been lucky enough to work with also like to do. It's like you just that you just want to find whatever clicks. Um and I think what makes all of us sort of like respond and be able to respond to each other and with each other, like not just on your own side. Like how does this, how do we make this just feel like real and kinetic and like it's actually happening yet? Yeah, how do we just like discover something new each, each time or, you know, something that just is at least making us feel and respond each time. And yeah, sometimes, it, you know, you, you, you do it cause you get a note, but Chris's notes aren't really too like, prescriptive in a way like but also it's like that's the thing the interesting thing about directors like or directing like the way one directs each actor is not the same somebody might want like and sometimes I've, I've been on other projects where I'm like just tell me do you want me faster slower mm -hmm. louder quieter you want this to have a mean feeling a nice feeling like what do you, you can tell me but sometimes it's like it's nice to get a suggestion or sometimes it's nice to just have somebody be like hey keep going Follow your instinct on this one. See if you want to do anything different. Um, so yeah, the way that I think actors, like not each actor is directed the same, but also like the way that you respond or, or are directed, want to be directed also isn't the same on each project. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the filming style of Bear is, there's like space for that because, or for, for that type of play, for that type of freedom, because like the nature of the camera work is a little bit frenetic 
and and our camera crew is just so amazing and they're very they're very good at working with us and sort of leading us and following us back and forth um and then also sometimes it's like hey heads up this is going to be a very still <laughs> frame this is like a yeah. quiet moment i like to know that sort of thing also I feel like sometimes there are, I've worked with actors who are like, I don't even want to know like where the camera is. Like, I just want to feel like this is like a real human moment. And I really love that. But also like, I think there's that like producer side in me and probably that side in me that wants to make things where I'm like, this is actually interesting to me to know what the frame is. Um, And I don't think it will like affect my performance for the negative. Like, it's like nice sometimes when Chris is just like, just so you know, like if you want to know, like this is what the frame is and like, this is my intention in this scene. And then that's also fun because then I can sort of, yeah, just knowing that in the back of my mind might help me modulate or, or maybe I just want to know because I'm nosy. I don't know. I mean, act, acting for the camera is uh, it's truly wild to me. The idea of it. I mean, like I I mean, I like right now you can see my microphone in front of me. It's, I'm very aware of it. I it, And it's, yeah, very, of course. It's, it's, it's it's I'm very I'm always very curious how how actors, um, like you said, use the camera. You know, knowing where it is, and that gives you a sense of like your frame, your lighting, your, you yeah. know, your angles and stuff like that. That was something that I felt very proud of. I remember when I went on to do Bottoms after the first season, I was like, oh, I understand lighting and how the light feels on my face and that I should turn my head a certain way so that I could feel the light on my face so that I can be lit. Great. And it's like, it's not something that I'm like thinking about while I'm acting, you know, like consciously at least, but it's something that I know that is in my brain and can benefit me while I'm being filmed. Uh-huh. But also sometimes you work on things where it's like the way that we're, you're being lit is different because a specific lens is being used, a specific shot or whatever. And so just having a sense of that, I feel like for me is helpful because then if this makes sense, it allows me to release that so that I can focus on my performance and so mm. that we're not doing, we're not wasting takes because I, I don't understand how to, how to like be yeah. physically. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's that, it's that split brain thing that I, mm. I find is hard to ask about and hard to describe as an actor because it's like you, you don't disappear, you know, like you don't go away, but staying present means Putting that somewhere else, you know. Yeah, putting, putting all no, that it's the weird Feldenkrais thing that I cannot describe. <laughs> um, but that I feel like I think about a lot. And I also, yeah, remember, like when I was doing Dickinson, I remember like filming this scene with Haley, and she, Emily, is walking through this party, and she's looking at people, and they had done the coverage and Haley came up to me after and she was like, you're not looking at me. And I was like, huh? I was like, no, I just have to like hit my mark and da, da, da. And she's like, I, as Emily, am trying to look around the room and look at people and make eye contact with them. Like, I want to look at you, like, look at, look at me and like be present in this way that I wasn't, I wasn't like totally there for. And I think also I was afraid of like, well, if I look at you, then how else do I look at you and not like ham it up and do the, you know, like ma- learning how to make certain expressions small to express something that sometimes even that stillness can do more than making a a, a meal out of something. Is that something that, you know, in, in terms of getting used to your surroundings, using your surroundings, is that something you have to get used to depending on the 
size of the actual thing. Like, I, I have to assume that, you know, when you're working on something like Dickinson and then going to something like The Bear, which is relatively small, and then, you know, in the future you will be doing, you know, a Marvel movie. I'm not sure if you started doing it, but it's just sort of, is that something that you have to get used to in terms of like, okay, this is my setting. This is this is the size of it. Yeah, I'm very excited, honestly, to get to do it because I've never done anything like it. And I'm really excited to get to learn <laughs> how I'm going to be in that, what that means, and yeah. what that means. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really stoked. I think it's great to get to broaden your horizons that way. And also like even like sizes of roles, like I think there's just so much to learn I'm, I'm i love being like a sponge like i just want to learn as much as possible i, I i'm excited because i don't know you know and to me that's cool mm-hmm. i feel like that's those are always the situations that i've benefited from the most where and i'm where i'm just like i almost have no expectations other than like i just want to do a good job and something new I'm, is going yeah, to happen, yeah. Mm, exactly and i'm just gonna i'm if i don't know what i'm gonna learn like that's like the best possible scenario for me do you think that there's any, I mean, it, that just sort of reminds me of any time I've talked to somebody who's done a lot of improv and they sort of talk about how part of the thrill of it is that you truly don't know 100%, what's going to happen. A hundred percent. Do you think that's something that's guided, you know, not only performances, but sort of how you approach... It's like my life? <laughs> yeah, basically. No, a hundred percent. I'm like, weirdly, I'm also like a, a lot of the therapy I've been doing this past year has been accepting the unknown despite my (laughs) sort of insane nature um i think i'm very much like uh, somebody who is comforted by knowing what's going to happen anxiety vibes and a lot i feel like this part of my life especially like my later 20s and as my career has been picking up which means more stability in one way but also a lot of instability a lot of like being in a different place every three months um, like that sort of not knowing the flightiness, instability, whatever. It's just been accepting like I don't have any control and that's actually great. And the person who's at the foundation of myself has been so far a pretty decent decision maker and pretty, you know, decent person and somebody who enjoys learning and just tries to look at things as open-mindedly as possible. So just like trusting that and like allowing that to be true and for whatever my life becomes to just let it sort of do that yeah but it's fun it's like fun I feel like some of the best moments in my life have just been moments where I just have no idea what's gonna happen or who I'm gonna sit next to or meet but when you're lucky enough to be around people who are also just like trying to have a nice time leave things better than they found it it's like it's it's hard not to you know it's hard to complain. You are in between projects right now. When did you when did you wrap the the bear? Well, this is my yeah my my ability to tell time is really <laughs> diminished. Um, we wrapped in I want to say April. So when you do something like the bear, and you you know, literally could be a lie. <laughs> we will fact check all of this. I promise. Literally, you. like this is gonna be our go. It's gonna like talk to the most talk pathological to a, uh, liar, liar I've yeah. ever met. <laughs> oh my god! Literally, that's not true because we did BAFTAs in May, didn't we? April was shockingly recently. Um, April was shockingly recently. If we did BAFTAs in May, were we still filming? You couldn't answer that for me. That's sort of on me. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> 
the exact date doesn't matter as much as it does. <laughs> Me with my with my like like <laughs> it's okay. Devastated. Okay, <laughs> April. April. Let's say let's let's uh let's say April. 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 Great. End of April. When you do something like the bear, you know, you said you, that you try and insulate yourself and do the best job you can and not think about, you know, are we going to get another season? Stuff like that. Mm. What is the in-between time like? You know, like when you... when you Oh, just your... catching up with my life. <laughs> I'm so serious. Like, truly, I'm just like, I haven't been home since the end of last year. I got to clean this place. I got to, like, yeah. see my friends. I got to get a lot of reading. That's been fun. Catching up on movies. I love going to the movies um, and watching movies. My box. It's hard to go and like consume things for me personally while filming. Like I, I get really affected mm-hmm. by stuff. Like very like you know very energized, very consumed by consuming. So I really don't watch stuff while I film. If I do watch things, it's like comfort things that I've already watched. Like a lot of. Agatha Christie stuff or like monk. I did watch Poker Face while we were filming. Very nice. That sort of filled that was sort of like the modern monk hole where I was like, this is so think, delicious and consumable. I think the guest before you on this podcast was Natasha Leon, uh, who was who was truly, truly everything that you could my want angel from talking to her. From nice. heaven. Um <laughs> no, and just like a true genius and incredible human being a performer and creator um but yeah poker face i definitely remember watching and i watched swarm because okay. i was like towards the end of filming but yeah i I'm, I'm mostly like don't watch things so i think i'm just when filming is done i'm like oh my god like here's all the things that were on my watch list also i need to like call my parents um <laughs> yeah. and uh i feel i feel bad i i probably didn't walk my dog enough um, the walks were truncated. <laughs> Hiring some guy off wag. He deserves a nice long walk with I me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, just like taking care of my house and like seeing my friends, which is that stuff where it's like, it feels so trite and, but it's also like the most crucial thing. Like I feel like anybody mm. who's, if you're so consumed with making things, making things, making things, there's no, um, there's, there's no like reserve in the well. There's no real life. <laughs> In you. Absolutely. Um, and I love love living in LA, but LA can feel very insulated in that way where you're just like, oh, everybody I know is somehow connected to the industry. That to me is mm-hmm. darkness. Um, and so I really, I, yeah, I like, I spend time here, but then I feel like I also like have been traveling a lot recently and just making sure that I like see my, my friends from my not industry life. Absolutely. Very, very important. Um, so as we sort of wrap up here, I did want to ask one last thing. I mean, this is a very exciting time, very exciting year. You're you're clearly everywhere right now. But there, the thing that is not true of anything is there's no such thing as an overnight success. You know, there's always the years of work, the years of hard work before. So I'm curious what you got, a skill you picked up, something you did during the before period that has sort of helped you deal with the now which is is oh overnight well definitely working in a restaurant helped with currently now (laughs) (laughs) like oh i know how these people sound um i used to sound like them i do think like a lot of that just like that period of like grinding and like hustle honestly i'm very glad that i did it because i think a lot of that time i don't 
remember as much as I wish that I did. I wasn't spending time with friends as much as I wish that I, I, I was. Like, I was just so focused on work in a way that I think I'm really grateful for that grinding period because now I'm in a place where I'm like, I don't have to be like that. I don't have to give like mm. 120% to work, work, work 24-7. Like, I'm allowed to rest. I'm allowed to... And maybe I'm allowed to do that because I worked so hard for so long. Like, yeah, I really think times where I'm just like, I, my friends are all talking about this memory that they shared on this like group little trip that they did this like spontaneous night out. And I was like doing four shows a night. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad I did that because I feel like now it's given me sort of the space to be like, oh, I like, I, I'm a human being. I love being a human being. Um, and it's like important for me. <laughs> as a human being like not just <laughs> as, not just like as an artist like me as myself like I deserve to like have agency and to be an active participant in my own life so I feel like yeah that's something that I am grateful for I'm grateful for that I was like a little bit of a nut <laughs> between <laughs> between like 19 and, and god how old am I now oh my god yeah I'm being like 19 or 24 I guess yeah, that's the time to do it. I was like almost going to be like, yeah, between like 19 and 21 because, you know, I'm like 20, 20 <laughs> 23 right now. Not true. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm glad that I went as hard as I did when I did and that I was sort of unrelenting with my standard for myself because I think it's allowed me now to look back and be like that thing that I just, that I already said. But that like I did have a high standard for myself. Like I do always want to do excellent work and just like try to be a decent person. And like that's... That's a, that's as much as I can do. That's like, if even that fails, like at least I'll have that intention. And I'm like, I'm happy. Amazing. That's so cheesy. Was that like, no, that was unbearable? great. That's, that's, we want to wrap, we want to wrap it up with a bow. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. so crazy. Really like surreal doing this. Cause I am like, I, I was like, I was like trawling back. I mean, trawling backstage for. I, I love to hear it. Any, anytime we can help. <laughs> my whole <laughs> life. So yeah, this is really cool and surreal. Amazing. Well, you know, from the bear and beyond, cannot wait to see what you do next. Uh, hopefully when this comes out, everybody can get back to writing, uh, but hopefully you can get back to writing too. I did a thumbs up. I forgot this was a, a <laughs> yeah, podcast. I <laughs> did a really massive double thumbs up. It was so aggressive. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, thank you so oh, much. Thank this you. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.